from the rookery end by Watford fans for Watford fans. Welcome to a special from the rookery end. We thought it'd be nice to look back at our interviews with Sean Dyche as he's now become a Premier League manager and will be pitting his charm, wit and uh, tactical know-how on some of the biggest clubs in the world. Sean made his way up through the manager system at Watford after being a player at the club. He then was the under-18s manager, reserve team manager, assistant manager under Malcolm Mackay before becoming the manager himself. And we first spoke to Sean when he was assistant manager in March 2011. We chatted with him and the goalkeeping coach Alec Chamberlain and this is the interview that we had with the two of them. Of course the first thing we had to do was make sure everyone knew whose voice was whose. One thing when we do a, a podcast, the important thing is we have to establish who people's voices are because they can't see our faces. Okay. We always say, hello, my name's John, and I say, hello, Mike. Hi. Hi. And I say, hello, Jason. Hello. And then we all introduce them to guests. So we introduce, hello, Sean. Hello. Quite distinctively know which one is going to be Sean. That's a, a heck of a voice. Is that after years of shouting? Um, football? No, slightly, it's uh, genetic. And my dad just sounds very much like my dad. Um, you know, charming, handsome. Debonair. Yeah. So it just ro- rolls in with them, really. <laughs> My whispers are shout. Do you put it on your CV, your voice? Of course, extra loud voice. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a winner. Extra loud hand claps, extra loud everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you pride yourself in your hand claps? <laughs> yeah, very good hand clap. <laughs> Annoying loud hand clap after a while when I keep it going for about two minutes. <laughs> Probably has a desired effect, though. Yeah, well, it's good banter for the lads, they enjoy it. At what point did you know you wanted to be coaches and not go off and run a pub when you stopped playing? Well, I had an eye for it probably quite early on, working under a, a manager called John Duncan, who opened my eyes to the tactical side and made me think more about the tactical side and, uh, you know, took a liking to it. And then by the time I was about 30, I'd already taken my B licence at Millwall, and so I was on that journey, if you like. And I think as you get older, when you're a player, as long as the manager trusts you, they, they allow you in a bit, so they give you a bit of an insight and, you know, they allow you your opinion a bit, a bit more freely. So... You know, I was I was already getting a feel for it as I was coming towards the end of my career, and then, you know, very fortunately, really, because it's it's hard to go in at the level I did at Watford, which is with the under 18s, because obviously jobs are few and far between. So, a lucky kind of twist of fate, where Adi and David Dodds at the time, who was academy manager, kind of, you know, brought me back to the club, and so I'm very thankful to Adi and, and David Dodds for that, um, and it's allowed me the chance to build on that and get to where we've got to now. I mean, Sean, would you look at management in the long term then? Yeah, I think so. It's it's just uh, you know I've had a nice progression here really coming in with the under 18s and at the time Dick Bates here as well working with David Dodds so they were great two great people to learn from then working under 80 then Brendan came along and I was kind of then taking the reserves as well as the youth team and then obviously Melky came in took the job on a full time basis and he upgraded me to assistance so I've had a nice little journey through that really you know it's, it's, it's a good position to be in for me at the moment I like working the staff are great the, the players are you know there's a real good feeling about them and me and Malky got on very well and he's very open and, and very honest and allows me my opinion Some, sometimes probably I give too much opinion but <laughs> so I'm not in a rush to do it but I think that inevitably down the line I would, I would look at being a manager some, at some point um, but I'm not I'm not at the moment thinking of running away from what we're doing here Good man. How does, how does it all fit together? Like you say, Mount, you, you, know, you, you, you talk to him, is there, do you have like a meeting on a Monday where you talk about things? Is there, sort of a, is there, is there a structure to it or is it a bit more like informal? No, there's a structure. We have a meeting every single morning. We'll get a feel of who's fit, first of all, from the medical team. Then we'll sit around a table, all, all staff included. That's John uh, by the youth team coach, the science people, obviously, uh, Chainbow, um, myself, Kurz, Malky. 
Ian Moody, who's head of Scotland Football Operations. So we'll all sit there. Logistics. Yeah, logistics. Yeah, uh, Will Jones, who does you know our kit and stuff. Logistics. He's he's invaluable to make sure that everything's planned. And we like everything. You know, we believe, or Malky certainly has led the idea of a no excuse environment. So we try and do every single thing we possibly can for the players within reason. Obviously, I've been enticed to do other things, but. I haven't got involved with that. Um, but we try to do everything for them, give them a chance to just go out and play. Um, so the meetings in the morning are made, making sure that everything's planned, everything's structured, everything's processed, ready for that event. Whether it be training, games, whatever's needed, it might be an event in the evening where everyone's got to turn up or whatever. We all know what everyone's doing. And it's a nice open forum, people can say what they believe. Malky's good like that, he's very open to opinion, you know, not scared of opinion, so it's worked very well for us. So, Alec, as a goalkeeping coach, then, do you have much influence on the other areas of the game? I'm fortunate in this because uh, I think that most clubs, the answer would be no. It started under AD where uh, we were given specific jobs to do while the game was going on, so I would look at uh, the opposition's strengths, which obviously, because then you're looking at the defensive part of the team, you know, as the goalkeeper, you can actually see what they're trying to do. And, and that's moved on a stage further now. So I'm now on the mic now with, with Sean. We kind of chat continually through the game as to you know what, what he's seen and whether I'm seeing it the same way. or Because sometimes you can see the distances and things like that. Upstairs, a little bit easier than you can from ground level. So just things like that, really. And then at half-time, we all have a little say. Melky makes notes, and obviously he's got his own ideas. And he, go and deliver, he goes then to deliver to the team. So it's quite... A unique situation where I'm very fortunate to have kind of some sort of input, and I I recognise that it's uh, ultimately down to these guys to make the big decisions. But um, it's nice to feel that your opinion actually is counted. Where do you have those half-time meetings? If the players are in, walking, you, don't, you don't have it in the uh, in the bathroom, tunnel, do you? No, in the bathroom. In the bathroom. No, no, away, well, away we'll go in the shower room or, or some kind. Of, there's always some kind of little you know area. Um, at home, obviously, we go in the manager's room, which but is opposite the changing room anyway, so it's easier. Yeah. yeah, it's quite a conflap. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the old days, the manager used to come in, slam the door, get stuck into the players, you know, one way or the other. And now I think the idea is to sort of take that. That's trying to give it a process. Yeah, yeah. Also, they, they, they walk out that door, they're all there together. And right. like they need their four or five minutes yeah. to start yeah. thrashing it out. Well, well, also calm down, down a little bit. Or just calm yeah, down, yeah, yeah, yeah clear heads. Yeah. You know, because it's very hard to think with the emotion of it. And the idea mm. is to take that emotion away, well, calm that emotion down, give opinion. Like, like Chama said, Malky will take his key points from our opinions, then he'll deliver it to the team. We'll maybe give little snippets once he's finished to individual players, little pointers of what we think. It works. Well, we feel it works well. You know, me and Malky have both done the LMA licence, which is a management licence, which is not on the pitch stuff. That's the management behind the pitch stuff. Then we've done the pro licence and A licences. and We mix that with our knowledge, mix that with opinion, mix that with background from all the staff and kind of process it all through the best way we know how. And we've, I think we've found a way of working that kind of suits us, but I think it's fair to say we're always open for you know, what's next or ways of making it better. And Sean, you mentioned that you're sort of having your, your outburst, I can't remember the word yet, but feedback to Malky during a game. So if you see something you don't think it's working, you'll say, yeah, boss, I don't think this is, this is working. Yeah, yeah I mean, the thing is that, you know, we agreed when, when Malky asked me to do a job, I said, look, the, the one thing, I'll definitely do it. I'll, I'd love to come back, but I said, you've got to understand that I'll give you honesty all the time. You know, it won't be turned on and off, sort of thing. And he was fine with that. And, and so I, I just give him it as I see it, you know, which is not... 
not always probably the best moment to do that and I'm learning but you know I, I just think that in my experience if, if you surround yourself with people who constantly say yes you're not going to learn a lot you're probably not going to change a lot and I think you know one thing I've learned is being flexible and open minded enough to, to think differently take opinion and use it wisely and, and you know it's something that I've uh, had to mould slightly but I think Malky's been good with that he, he likes opinion from all of us we all give it to each other and, we're, and sometimes it's very blunt sometimes it's dressed up a bit it depends on the moment you know but if you're on the sideline and it needs to be quick information you can't flannel it because it needs it might be a decision that needs making there and then so you're clearly not um, reading from the Phil Neal of uh... no <laughs> but, but it's always to be fair no matter what the opinion Malky always has the final say he's the manager what he says and once that decision is made we back that decision looking at the um, current crop of players are there any of those guys that they remind you of what you were like at their age well I mean the, the obvious one for me and Malky I suppose Martin Taylor obviously you know I was yeah, more or less the same age I think I came about 31 he, he's probably similar he's not similar the way he is as a person but he simply looks after himself which I felt I did you know fitness wise his diet and stuff like that he's a very good professional very thorough professional um, they're the, probably the same traits as what I felt I had um, but as people we're, we're quite, quite different considerably different um, personalities thank you very much that's brilliant. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for time. That's really nice. No worries at all. Thanks, lads. Enjoyed that. From the Rookery End. Subscribe via iTunes. Listen on Audio Boo. And find us at fromtherookeryend.com. The second time we met Sean Dyche, he was now the Watford manager. It was Christmas uh, 2011, and we had a good long chat with Sean to see how he was settling as Watford manager. But being Christmas, we had to give him a special. Christmas present. So the card, the right. voucher. Ref was wrong, voucher. Interesting. You said it, the voucher says it. Yes. So I don't get myself in trouble. <laughs> I didn't say it, you said it. Yes. Yes, uh, interesting. This voucher allows the bearer to reverse one referee decision at any point during a match. Just one, though. So okay. you have to use that wisely. Okay. Well, I tacked the one at Leeds at the last minute. That done. <laughs> um, was that the worst one? There's been a few. No, no, no. I mean, you know, I always say, you know, I'm, I'm more than willing to have a word with the ref now and again when needs to be, but they've got a tough job. You know, I, I think, to be honest, in modern football, the three people who've got the toughest job are the two managers and the ref. That's what I think. You know, I, I think they're all under scrutiny every week, and, and, and the scrutiny is getting more intense, of course. So. But is that, is, 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 you know, you, you've been in the fishing now for six months. Do you think that is that it's fair that so much goes on managing? I think it's the reality, whether it's fair or not. I think he's, he's becoming irrelevant. You know, I think it's just the reality. I think it always has been, don't get me wrong. Um, I, I just think the intensity is, is greater now because with the amount of uh, education from Sky and you imagine Andy Gray with his, well, used to do this tactics board and whoever they invite in to get their tactics board out. So every armchair fan... I think used to think that they knew what they were talking about. Now I think they really believe they know what they're talking right. about because they've seen someone on TV show them all these things. It always intrigues me, actually. It really does. The whole thought behind managers doing their job and opinions and decisions, it really intrigues me because it must be one of the rare professions because I always say, it, don't forget it's a profession. I don't remember me going in and telling my plumber 
that he's putting the pipes in wrong and he's putting the boiler in wrong and he's turned the gas up wrong and the house is going to blow up. I turned to go, yeah, that looks alright, mate. I did tell him. Our plumber plumbed in a washing machine wrong. I did tell him because he didn't do anything about it. Did he shout, boo, did decision? Did you put it on a website? Yes, I got a website. I got a banner ready as well, but he didn't take any notes. And did you put it on a website under five different names? Exactly. You got it. I'm learning about this thing. I'm learning about this thing. Sure, I was really interested to hear you mention when we talked about Sky Sports and the whole media thing. You said education. Now, I think the thing that strikes me as a fan is that the Sky Sports generation of football supporters, because they, they see much more football, they hear so much more from supposed experts. I think it's raised the expectation level as well among supporters, who, and they seem to be a lot more impatient. And now, we had a, a reasonably tough start to the season, a tough start to a managerial career. How did you, how did you feel you know, about the yeah, fans? Well, yeah, again, I think there was a, there was a, maybe, maybe there was a, um, a, lack of, a lack of education. Not education, but in the sense of, I don't think everyone knew the true enormity of what I took over until they just settled a bit. You know, uh, I think once people, once I started suggesting what the realities were, then I think maybe people went, all right, we kind of get it. I mean, you know, the, the stats, and I always go to stats and facts because they're, they're not my opinion, you understand. Yeah. And 54% of our goals went out of the building in the summer, 44% of our assists. Now, we haven't got a finite number to just go, or to start, we do have a, an amount, but I mean, we haven't got endless numbers to just go, right, let's go and change that, let's go and. You know, let's go and just buy him, him, him and him and roll them out. Things like that are challenging. You know, they're challenging anyway, but particularly as a young manager taking over. We had nine recognised, and I would suggest that, recognised first-team players. We had some young players who had had a taste of it, but nine recognised first-team players. I mean, you know, that's that's hard to develop that and then just rip it up and go off, you know, flying again. Um, you know, and even with, with Dan, I mean, Danny had done brilliant for this club. People forget the season before. He went 20 games and scored one goal, and there weren't so many people saying that many good things then, you know. So all of these things in the melting pot, change of staff, change of players, only add in to the expectation of what comes next. And to go back to the original question, that does seem a tad inflexible at the beginning of the season, but as, as people have settled a bit with, with what I'm trying to do and what the players are trying to do, I think they've gone, well, all right, okay, where we were, what's happened, all the changes, where we are, what we've brought in financially, what we've spent financially, and I'd like to think people reflect on it, and now, of course, the biggest thing is, we're all not naive, when you win a few, and it looks a bit better and, and a bit healthier, my job, of course, is to see through when we don't win, and actually see what the performance is like. You know, the best example this season was the Derby game. You know, that's my most obvious example when people are like, oh, we didn't win, and there was a lot of grumbles, and I thought, hang on a minute. We had 28 efforts a goal, or 24, I can't remember which, and 14 on target. They had four and two. That sounds like a pretty good performance. Yeah. And when I looked at it back again, I thought that was a good performance. And then I'm like, well, hang on a minute. That's where it does get difficult, because you think, well... I'll take opinion on lots of good days, but not when it's a good day and because the result is deemed a bad day. That's where it's different. And in terms of how you tackled it, because... So world record long answer, I'd Yeah, it's, it's pretty no, hard. No, it might just go on for you guys I'll for hours. I'll challenge you. <laughs> 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 we're worthy challenger at long last. Um, <laughs> 
one thing that I was just thinking about on the way over here was how you tackle the different results. So we have had quite a wide spectrum of results. For example, four nils against West Ham and Southampton, yeah, yeah. but we've had some really, really good results as well. And just how do you approach the? What you didn't name? Did you notice that? Didn't <laughs> you? <laughs> sure, yeah, too many that? to mention. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. I don't want to go on because we. Uh, good, nice positive. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how do you approach the sort of the, how it's such so varied the performances and how do you approach the, the sort of different? Well, because it, like you, you've got to. You, you've got to reflect back on where we are and what we're doing and, and to expect to get that group of players and literally hit the ground running overnight I think the only way you can do that and even they haven't done it really is say Man City they go out and spend endless money and they, they get them all together and, and it's more or less got a really good chance of working it doesn't mean it's guaranteed I'm not remotely suggesting that Mancini doesn't have his fair share of problems because he does but when we talk about just getting to win a match then there's a fair chance with, with a group of that, them players that you can do that quite quite immediately you understand what I mean not, not overnight but you know and we, we always think we're a club that has to get players within our, our, you know, our finances and our availability and our wage structure. so therefore it's fair to say they're not always the finished article or the real deal now therefore you've got a group of them like that they need time to mould and develop and learn about each other learn about what we are here learn about how we work and then all them things have got to come together and of course the challenge of football is that there's 11 of us on the other side who are trying to stop you doing that mm. you know and that's where it's so intriguing and that's why it's difficult now as I keep suggesting I'm not remotely going to start saying it's fixed and it's done forever because every team is evolving and learning but I think it's showing more positive signs um Never more so than Blackpool. We didn't play well on Saturday. But the resilience was there. You know, the feel of the group, the work, the demand. And you do have to rely on that. That will never go out of fashion, trust me. And don't think for one minute that man, you don't work hard. You know, and they don't play brilliant every week. Most, but not every week. And, you know, so we, we, there's some good signs um, of what, what we can do and what we are doing. And, you know, it just sometimes takes time, and, and it will need further time, I think. And who knows in the January transfer window, who knows, it might change again. So it's always developing and always challenging at Watford. So going back to the beginning of your time as, as manager, you came, you, know, you must have come into this, this training ground building and it'd be, you know, you're the man in charge now. Was that transition different or hard or easier than you thought? Um, I think it was easy in the sense that there was a hardcore of the players left who, who knew me. Um, and they knew that I respected them and I think they paid me back with that and we've added a really good group I think um, of people who work very hard I've added new staff who work very hard so I think it was slightly slightly better and slightly more streamlined than it could have been although you know the task wasn't easy uh, still not but it, it was it wasn't like I was you know completely foreign to it all coming in and everyone's staring at you people knew me they were familiar with me and it can be a bad thing sometimes you know people sometimes would lend themselves to take the odd advantage here which they don't but they could do um, so it wasn't too bad or certainly I didn't notice it maybe maybe someone from the outside would have yeah. but I didn't notice it you know I've been reasonably secure in my own mind about what we're doing and how long did it take for you to make the decision am I going to wear a tracksuit or am I going to wear a suit do you know what that was debated by everyone <laughs> yeah. even, even myself even got to myself you know and I was going to my wife what do you reckon <laughs> um, no I think the reality is that somewhere down the line you, you just really differentiate in yourself from manager or assistant manager or coach you know that's usually the one um, I'm not that fussed about it either way if the truth be known um, I, I could feel quite happy wearing a suit so I, did, wasn't, I didn't overthink 
get um, equal everyone out there in a track suit, it wouldn't matter. If the, if the lads had off in a track suit, it wouldn't matter to me. I'd just say, as long as you win, I don't care. Well, whatever you want. Um, <laughs> no, so it's not a major deal. But I understand people do talk about it, for sure. Do you um, get much time to review decisions you've made over the past six months, and is there anything you'd have done differently? Um, good questions. Now, when we review it, like you wouldn't believe, I often say to the lads, I say, honestly, lads, you don't get it. I said, you never do, I didn't as a player. So my wife, she must she just sits there with that staring face. I can't do it on there, but you know, like, <laughs> she constantly hears about football players and what they're doing, what they're not doing, and all that. So it is bizarre. Um, so we reflect on everything endlessly, every decision. And you can imagine games, my word. You know, you think you reflect on a game when you're a player, but when you're a manager, because now you're reflecting on 11, 12, 13, or whatever players have played and your own performance and how you stimulated them or got them organised and stuff like that. So it's never ending. Things, um, things you change, you know, there's certain uh, player decisions I've changed. Um, that's mainly, I think, think now training wise, no, I think we train the way you understand the way we work, the way we develop players. I think it's pretty good. I like that. Um, changes little tweaks, but I mean, not change radically. I mean, the, the, the different things we do with the players, then I wouldn't change that. It's probably just certain decisions on players where, you know, you, I mean, hindsight's a great thing, we all know that, and that's probably the main thing, um, and I'll leave you guessing. What's the best thing about now being a manager of a football club? I think it's your chance to stand what you think would be right on a way going forward and my chance to be custodian as I called it of, of Watford Football Club I've been here seven and a half out of nine and a half years played here fortunate to captain the side through awkward times as well if you remember you're all here you know we had some great times with the cups and things like that but it was always a struggle financially worked with some really good people here then went away for a couple of years came back as a coach different kind of thought process developed within the club and now really got my chance to have a look at it and, and do what I think is right and, and as I suggested one thing to be sure is that and it's funny I've never really said this until probably now but people forget that the weird thing about it is I could have actually gone to Cardiff on a big salary with millions of pounds to spend millions of pounds in wages on players and probably done alright with Mount and I chose not to you know knowing that this is not a walk in the park knowing some of the challenges that I face and that's the biggest thing I'm pleased about because no two ways about it is a great decision I'm really happy with what was going on there I know obviously results and all that but from what's actually going on in the, the business at large, I'm really, really happy with that. And of course, results is what everyone sees, and there's a lot of good stuff going on in behind that. Mm. And hopefully that will serve us well as the season goes on. Because we spoke to you back in April, and you said, we asked a question You about said I should have won. No, no, you said... No, no, no. <laughs> you said get more. You said get more money. Well, if I was your agent, definitely. But um, would, would you, you said management was on your, was on your radar. You didn't yep. say when or any sort yep. of plan. Did you find it a surprise when it turned up? Or, and was that decision to stay with the team that went to Cardiff or to, to stay here, was that, a, was that a tough decision? Was it just like a... Um, 
firstly, the, the, the process of becoming a manager, I felt that I'd, I'd, I'd have something to offer as a manager. You can't guarantee it, obviously, but I thought I'd have something to offer. Um, I wasn't, as I described to you, I think before, I wasn't sprinting towards it. I was going along nicely, jogging along, learning as I went, picking up good information, picking up good experiences, finishing off pro licenses and courses and management licenses to allow myself to at least be in a position. And then when it comes around, at least I felt that I've got that position. Now, you, you, everyone will tell you it's not the same as doing it, of course, but you try and get as many things as close as you can so when you do it, you're in good shape to do it. Um, and then the second part was, uh, I think you said about going, going or staying, mm. was, was really, I mean, it wasn't, wasn't an easy decision, not in the sense that whether I stayed or not, but more you've got to, you've got to think about these things seriously. Um, and as I suggested, you know, the, the, the big challenges at Watford, they are big challenges. So that has to be considered wisely, you know, because you know, you're doing something in front of everyone all of the time, in front of the world, so to speak, certainly the Watford world and, you know, a smaller version within our area, within England, people reading the papers. So there is a, a thing where you want, to, you want to make it work, for number one. And of course, you can imagine the number of people who said, don't do it. Mm -hmm. There was a lot more said, don't do it. And that's no disrespect to Watford, because these are outside people, you understand. These are not people inside. So they couldn't always see the, the fabric of what we've got here. So they were like, don't do it. You know, the, the, the place is, there's too many things going on. You know what I mean? It's too hard to, to put it all together and make it work. No, that's going to actually make me want to do it more, you know. Um, so, no, you know, I enjoy the challenges of it. They're there for everyone to see, or certainly now there's maybe a bit more um, information out there about the, the realities. Um, but I must say, the, the positive, I think, got a really, really, really hard-working group of players, great staff, and that's in the offices as well, who work very hard for all the little things that you don't see. The new owner's learning. You'll all have your opinions, but learning about the game, learning about what it is. We've got a tremendous fan base who overall are fair. You know, I want to make that clear. I've had my fair share of questions, still do. But overall, I think they're fair. I think they're fair-minded. They, they, they give the team a chance to play and develop. They're giving me a chance, a young manager, to develop. You know, and I think they're reasonably flexible within that. Um, you always have some. You can't please all the people all the time. It's hard to please some of the people some of the time. So, in general, really happy. And, and just more happy that there are signs where people can go, all right, we kind of get in it. You know, and, and the team, of course, and the fans watching go, all right, you know, one lost in nine, all of a sudden it looks different. And we all know, arguably, should have had a couple of more wins with a referee's decision and, and an unfortunate incident. You know, one rolls under someone's foot. So, you know, that, that's really pleasing for me because there is a lot of hard work goes on here. Not just for myself, you understand, for my staff and the, the staff at the club. And the fans have to put their hand in the pocket. And I know that's not easy, particularly in these times and, and travelling away and stuff like that. So. The one club mentality that I spoke about in the summer, I was hoping to have my chance to bring it back together, and I think it's beginning to come back together. I think some of the negative feeling about possibly the owner and some of the, about myself and the team, it's just beginning to just soften a bit, and people are going, OK, we are Watford, and really the history of Watford suggests that we do all pull together. And I think that's really valid and important. And like I say, it feels, unless you guys tell me differently, it feels like that's beginning to happen. And the connection with the players and the fans seems quite apparent now to me, you know, the, the, that kind of respect. You know, the way they, the way they clap the phone. I don't know, you know what I mean, I can't define it, but there seems to be that bond. Yeah, that bond, yeah, it's a theme that bond is beginning to grow, and they're seeing some of the young players play, you know, not ours, but new ones, Jonathan Hogg starting to develop, and Lee Hodgson's come back and team, you know, Dougal King, Graham Marvin, of course, you know, and um, 
Nosworthy's come in, different type, and let's play a fair share of questions out of that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, um, you know, it's interesting, and I think that does help with belief. I think then they believe a little bit more in myself, and they go, well, hang on a minute, no one wanted that one. Mm. If truth be known, then they went, oh, well, it's not mm. bad. It's a good one. <laughs> yeah, well, like, so, yeah. Did, 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 did you see his debut against the first Shepherds United? Interestingly, I've seen certain moments with Sheffield United. Um, you've got to know the character, you've got to know the type of player, and Kites is another one, you know, who's done very well so that the mix is getting better. Um, Big Martin's still to get back to it. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that I think people are now beginning to look at and go, okay, okay, and, and like I suggest, it's not about point proving, it's about everyone coming together, and, and that's seems quite clear at the moment as long may that continue you're listening to From the Rookery End tweet us at Watford Podcast like us on Facebook and visit us on FromTheRookeryEnd.com and the final time we met Sean we might meet him again you never know was when he returned to Watford as Burnley manager at the end of the 2012-2013 season he had only been in the job at Burnley a few months Watford were pushing for promotion unfortunately we didn't get a win out of that game but we caught up with Sean after the game and as ever he was very, very good and took some time to speak with us. Here's what you have to say about looking back at his time as Watford manager. So you, did, you, um, did you go to the wrong door when you went to the changing rooms? Or? No, not quite. Um, I, I was greeted by a couple of staff, Jonesy and Dicko and people like that, so I, I saw them beforehand. And then, I, must say, I nearly walked past the dugout, I must say that, into them nice seats, not so nice <laughs> nice um, And I was stopped, luckily, by noticing Jan Brogan's hello, then moonwalked back to the... Uh, <laughs> 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 Pete's yeah, looking yeah, a lot better this season? Um, incredible, isn't it? If only, eh? If only. <laughs> <laughs> you would have played the ball on the floor much more, would you, Dan? Well, I've I, I got to be honest, I was quite happy with the way we played. Not early yeah. season, but later season. Yeah. Uh, we found a good way of playing, I thought. And, you know, went down to Cardiff, flicked it, played really well. Brighton played really well. So, so you know, people try and put, you know, what Watford's like. You, if you kick the ball more than 30 yards, that's it, long ball. Yeah. End yeah, off, yeah, end yeah, of story. Yeah. So, uh, so, no, I mean, uh, you know, I was uh, by the end of the season, the last... 20 games I was really pleased with the way we were playing to be honest early season week was a bit rough and ready um, and it really changed around the Tottenham game you'll all remember yeah, we were yeah, fantastic yeah, yeah. and that was, that was more like how I wanted the team to go forward and it sort of started to come together as you all know so. yeah, yeah. And, then, and then you replay us with that thanks mate <laughs> <laughs> well, man's got to do what a man's got to do pleased with that no, I'm, ple- I'm pleased. Uh, not about Watford, of course. So, you know, I said to the press, they all, well, they all want a story. You know, it's like I mean, someone, you know, they misquote you on everything. Someone said to me the other day, and this is how the school diggers the press can be. Someone said, "Oh, what did you think of, of Vitra getting there, player?" Yeah, and I said, "Fine player." I said, "I'm, I'm surprised, but only because I presume it'd be um, uh, Maria uh, Palace. Yeah. You know, well known, been around, been yeah. doing it." So someone put. Deitch said Vidra shouldn't have been playing. What a load of nonsense. You know, it drives you mad. But I mean, to be fair, we get a small dose of it. Imagine if you're Alex Close or whatever, whatever you say, you know, gets banded about everywhere. So, But I just think it's a bit naughty. I think, no need for that. I've just addressed it in the press. I said, what a fantastic player. You know, I said, why they'd try and assume that I was thinking different? Um, and he said, there, wow, trust me, I'm a player, play every week. <laughs> but no, uh, no, it was, it, was, it was a good day for different reasons, but not, not about the Watford thing. Just because, you know, we're trying to build something, and the main thing you can speak today, we're building a mentality, and, you know, and we kept going. Yeah, is it cold up north? Very, very, <laughs> very cold. But then again, it's, it's been freezing everywhere lately. Yeah, so. yeah. And I said, oh, I've enjoyed it, I've enjoyed it. The people there are, are gritty, and they're, they're honest, and they take your honesty back. So, you know, I'll, I'll have that all day, as what, you can what, imagine. What do you expect the championship from being from a, another club's perspective? Anything what, what, um well, I think Watford have been new because of the influx of, of European players. 
uh, well, worldwide players, actually, not just European. So that's changed the feel of it. Um, you know, obviously, there's many social commentaries on that. Um, something that I'm certainly not going to get involved with because uh, I don't know because I don't think there's anything wrong with it. You've got a loophole. I think everyone, we all talk about looking for the 1% as managers and coaches. Can we get something that'll help us? Well, you know, they've probably found a 20%. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, that's that's a change. Uh, the money's changed. I mean, yet again, the big boys are really, the big boys, you know, they really are throwing it around. Um, we're not in that position. You know, we're, we're going to have to build a bit like last season. So, uh, you know, a little bit more, but not, not radically. So we'll have to build from within and as we saw today well, you probably wouldn't know but the left back's got 20 games the centre half's got 6 games and Danny has got 20 games so these are young men really it's been awful again I will say there's more they're not ready for the acceptance of that yet you know they're barely still uh, like thinking and, and sort of rightly so in a way that we're you know we want to move forward big club top end etc um, I don't think they're quite ready for that whereas the Watford fans I think are come to say well look we understand we haven't got the resource of everyone else so we are going to have to build so so I think that's realigning slowly but surely um, in a positive way of course So Sean you've taken the wind out of our sails today I've got to be honest with you give us Watford fans some hope what's going to happen to Watford for the rest of the season Well I think the biggest thing that's changed and I just said in the press is early season it was like with interest and intrigue wow's that going to work um, especially after a sort of indifferent start then it was around because these are decent when you fly them then it's kind of like, well, actually, they should do it. And I think, I think that's what's changed. I think now people are saying, well, they should do it because they look at the squad, they look at the players, they're now more recognisable to the sort of people of the championship, if you like. And most managers and coaches I speak to, well, they should do it now. Um, you know, because you look at the strength of the bench, if you can have Vidra on your bench, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, most managers starts in every team virtually. So I think now there is that expectation and that's changed. But maybe, maybe that's, you know, just players feel that sometimes, you know, so maybe, but um, but I wish you all well, I wish the club well, you know, I've got no problem with that at all. Likewise. Thank you very much. From the rookery end, John, Mike and Jason, it's their take on life as a Watford fan.